BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hello, everyone. So, Mara, it's apparently wedding season on soaps. Both Days' John and Marlena and B&B's Liam and Hope are heading to the altar, and both shows have some big fireworks planned for the main events. So this isn't John and Marlena's first trip down the aisle, but I spoke to head writer Ron Carlovati, who has been waiting for this week since he started on the show. We will see the return of Allison Sweeney Sammy, as well as Susan Banks, who will now be played by Stacey Heiduck, best known as YNR's Patty and Emily. But who we also realized was All My Children's Hannah Nichols, who was the mother of Ethan Cambius, played by James Scott, who also played Susan's son, EJ. And as for Liam and Hope, also not their first trip down the aisle and probably not their last, uh, nor will it be the first messy cat fight for their mothers, Brooke and Taylor. But that also looks to be like a can't-miss week of B&B drama. So we have a huge preview coming in the new issue, so everyone should be sure to pick that up. Mm-hmm. So catfights and weddings are two soap staples, and GH has killed two birds with one stone with the evil twin and return from the dead of Ryan Chamberlain, which was just revealed in the show's Friday cliffhanger. John Lindstrom, our guest today, will once again be playing the dual roles. Dual roles, of course, as you said, a soap staple. I have spoken to so many actors over the years when I say, you know, what's one story you haven't played? They really do want to play a dual role. I think there's something super exciting about taking on another persona. Um, There have been so many amazing performances over the years of dual roles. My personal favorite is Ellen Wheeler as Vicky and Marley on Another World. Uh, I remember well the moment that Vicky was revealed. It was amazing. Um, I didn't have that much experience at the time with people playing dual roles. And so it was this good girl raised with money. And so she dressed a certain way, no makeup. And then you had the bad girl from the wrong side of the tracks in all her 80s glory with like (laughs) crimped hair and a lot of makeup. I loved it. I really wish I had gotten to see Alan Wheeler in that role. I started watching Another World when Anne H. was already playing Vicky and Marley. But I don't think I would be sitting here today if not for how much I fell in love with Anne H.'s Vicky. Vicky was my spirit animal. I felt irrational hatred for characters who were mean to her. Uh, but I, I also was not very versed clearly in, in dual roles as a phenomenon because I didn't even realize Anne played both roles because she looked so different to me until I saw it in the credits. And I had been watching for months at that point. Oh, that is amazing. I love that. I think... I also have to throw in Jensen Buchanan here, uh, who was the third actress mm-hmm. to play the role of Vicky. Um, I never found there was as much for her to do as Marley, 
uh, when she took over those roles, but I feel like she kept the legacy of Vicky alive for sure. She was amazing. And then remember at the end when Ellen came back and played Marley and they were like tw- identical twins, but clearly not really. There was a major height difference and yeah, some other things. <laughs> maybe not the most successful thing another world has ever done. Sure. sure. But you, you can't talk about great dual roles in daytime history without giving a serious shout out to the late David Canary as Adam and Stuart Chandler on All My Children. I think he could have won Emmys as either, and he ended up winning a lot as both. But I loved the story of how he came to find the character of Stuart. Uh, David Canary had played Adam first, and when Stuart was uh, being introduced and being developed, he really wasn't getting a, a grasp on Stuart, who was supposed to be slow, certainly, uh, but uh, maybe a little deranged even. And um, he told me and has, you know, had spoken of the story many times that it just kind of just went, wasn't clicking for him. Um, but uh, David had a young son at the time, Christopher. I believe he was three or four. And one day he was observing his son and the simplicity uh, of his behavior and his speech patterns. And he decided that that would be his muse for the character of, of Stuart. So it's funny when you started talking about that and you said find Stuart, I thought you meant physically find Stuart (laughs) because I actually remember the plot. Um, And it was really exciting as a viewer because Stuart was stashed in one of the wings of the Chandler mansion and there was such a buildup to that reveal. And as I'm telling you, I mean, I could see in my mind's eye going through the hallways of the mansion and I can feel that same anticipation in retelling it as I did in watching it. Um, And of course, as I'm saying this, I'm wondering why I wasn't in school and why I remember this so well. (laughs) Yeah, I hope this reveal happened uh, over the summer, Ms. Sloan. (laughs) Or perhaps a day that I was sick. I don't know. Jewish holiday. Who can say? (laughs) Could have been. Um, You know, it's interesting because I don't feel that dual roles on soaps are as commonplace anymore. And you have to wonder if that's maybe due to the quickened and accelerated production schedule that the shows are operating under and if it's just maybe not as feasible to do them anymore. That's a good question because you think about how many we had seen over the years and how it sort of became like a very big go-to in Mm -hmm. a way. Now I think probably the most recent example we've seen of any sort of play in that direction is Abigail and Days of Our Lives playing the DID story and playing Dr. Laura Mm -hmm. and playing Gabby. And I feel that what you saw in that performance was really her, you know, becoming these other characters. I mean – Marcy did such an amazing job with that because you could see in her face when she would change. You could see it in her eyes. You could see exactly who she was playing, which I thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. and a completely kind of different thing than this because these were actual – unless one person was impersonating – one character was impersonating the other character, these were very different characters. Mentioning Stuart and Adam, mentioning Vicky and Marley, and those were different complete characterizations Mm -hmm. than playing – sort of alters, if sure, you will, sure. where they're still the same person. You're just playing different versions of yeah, the person. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, um, I, I, you mentioned when they would impersonate their own twin. Uh, I remember, was it Vicky on the stand as Marley uh, because Marley had gone on the run uh, during the, the trial for Jake's shooting. What good soap. Oh, my goodness. That was and, so yeah. good. And, and anytime Adam and Stuart were impersonating each other, uh, you, I mean, what could give you more of an insight into the range uh, and and 
artistry of David Canary. So now I have to say, uh, speaking of like great soap memories with Jake shooting, remember the fantasy where all the women yes, were playing the course, poker game? Of course. And, oh, that was so great. Just fantastic. I think that was like a VHS tape that got watched many, many times <laughs> in the Levinsky household. Such a standout. Absolutely. So I think... Um, you know, back to you talking about uh, how Stuart was revealed on All My Children and the, you know, I think there were strange noises in the Chandler mansion. And it, it kind of gave me a similar vibe when um, there were these knocks on the wall uh, of Carly's room in Ferncliff. And of course, now we know that it was, well, we don't know if it was Ryan or if it was Kevin quite yet, but we do know that it was John Lindstrom in the role. <laughs> so let's get him on the line to talk about Ryan's resurrection. For sure. Hi, John. Hey, Stephanie. How are you? Good. How are you? Great, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us today. No, no problem. No problem. We were very excited to talk to you today because there is just so much going on on screen for your characters, yeah. as we can now say. Yeah. So, first of all, when and how did you find out that Ryan was coming back from the dead? Um, I I guess I've known now for a, for a few months, um, at least a couple of months. I mean, there was always... There was some, you know, some wink winks from the from the powers that be, but uh, I guess it was about two months ago. Frank Valentini asked me to come by, drop by his office before I left shooting one day, and he just said, "So you remember your brother?" Yeah, he's not dead. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that was about it. Said, I can't tell you much about that because we haven't worked it out yet. I said, "Okay, cool. You let me know when you do." Wait, what was your reaction though? Well, um, because it had already kind of been alluded to, to me personally, uh, it didn't come as a big surprise. He just had to wait until, you know, he got the okay from the network and the writers, everybody were on board. So it wasn't a big surprise to me, but I was, I was very happy. I, you know, the, the role of Ryan Chamberlain, uh, is kind of the reason I have a career. So to, to have this incredibly unexpected, um, reprisal, reprise, I don't know what the correct word would be, uh, of this character that for strange, some strange reason is so beloved, <laughs> um, was, uh, was a really welcome thing to me. You know, I, I just thought, okay, great. Now I get to kind of slip into an old comfortable suit and, uh, and start showing my stuff again, you know? So it was, it was, uh, it was welcome. It was welcome news to me. Had you thought about it over the years? Like, could Ryan be alive? Am I going to get to play him again someday? No. Wow. Okay. No. No, I have not. And the reason why is because I had asked um, the producers and the writers at General Hospital uh, many years ago, actually, to please kill him. Um, because Kevin Collins, every time Ryan Chamberlain would kind of be pulled back onto the canvas, Kevin Collins would just kind of stop growing. And... As long as he was around, I felt that he wouldn't really develop um, as other characters would develop. And I was right. So um, uh, they agreed. And they said, you know what, you're right. I mean, as long as we can kind of pull this guy out as a convenient diversion, um, then the character you actually play here kind of gets short shrift. So, you know, I think we've had enough time to, to develop Kevin Collins into a into a full-bodied character. So, um so that's exciting now, too, to see how that can go. And um, I don't know. Hey, man, you know what? Every time I wake up in the morning, I go, hooray. <laughs> I'm alive and I get to go to work. <laughs> so 
do you have any? I mean, that's an interesting point I hadn't thought about uh, that you just mentioned about how it kind of uh, had a negative impact in a way on how much uh, love and care the writers put into Kevin. So at this point, would you say that that's like a reservation you don't have or did it pop back into your head at all? No, no, it didn't actually. Um, you know, it's it's been a long time and we've got some of the old writers that used to be there, some other writers who are always aware of it and some people who didn't know anything about it. Um, but I, I, I don't know. No, it didn't strike me as a situation where one or the other was just going to be left behind. It struck me as, oh, this is perfect timing to bring this guy back because now they can, they can be kind of full body wines and, um, you know, kind of in a, in a taste test. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to put it. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of the long way to answer your question. No, it didn't concern me at all. Um, instead, it just excited me. I got really excited and happy about the prospect of, uh, of jumping into that thing now from this perspective all these years later. So did you have to keep it a secret from your castmates? And if so, mm -hmm. what was yeah, their reaction well, when they found out? Well, some of them have no idea who Ryan is because some of them are probably not even born yet. But um, <laughs> oh, that's sad. To uh, uh, you know, it's been it's been kind of interesting to fill some people in. You know, Laura Wright wasn't sure what it was about because back then, you know, she was living in New York and and doing loving. You know, she had no idea. Really Ali Rescott didn't care about Ryan happened. Chamberlain. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, you know, I had to fill her in. You know, she's well, who's this guy? It might be you have a brother or something. I'm like, oh yeah, he's got a brother. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're gonna love him. <laughs> you're just this guy too. <laughs> so, um, you know, I would say, you know, any females who are blonde and blue eyed, you know, probably should start looking over their shoulder. <laughs> That's really funny. Kevin doesn't really respond well to that. <laughs> no, Ryan, 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 Ryan doesn't respond well to that. That's so funny. Way before there were any knocks on Carly's door at Ferncliff and the story seemed to start in earnest, I was seeing a lot of fans online just saying, this isn't Kevin. I don't think this is Kevin. I think this is Ryan. Were you calibrating your performance differently at all? Or were you surprised that that seemed to be in the ether among fans? You know... A lot of this has been a surprise. Um, it's been a surprise to me that um, that people began speculating that it might be Ryan, that that Ryan may have already switched Kevin, that Kevin is going to be switched, you know, that Ryan's alive. I was like, oh my God, people haven't talked about this character in over 20 years. And and there, I was surprised that so many people just kind of immediately made the leap. Mm-hmm. So, um, on the one hand, uh, you know, again, it was another one of those gratifying things where I went, wow, uh, you know, I had no idea that the character was that well-remembered. I really didn't. I, you know, I thought it was, you know, kind of thought of as, yeah, we had this great storyline back in the day. You know, the shows were different then. Everything was different then. We used to do 10-page scenes then. Um you know, it's primarily a different cast, but we still got a few like, you know, I, I just thought, wow, how is it people remember this? Um, and that brought me to the other side of this one. <laughs> Why do they, do they think so fondly of <laughs> him? <laughs> and, 
and I, but now that I'm beginning to play, you know, this Ryan-esque character again, um, I'm, I'm beginning to be reminded just how entertaining he was. You know, there were no there were no governors in in his behavior, and he was he was always quick with his wit. He was he was a very facile and intellectual character in his own right. We think of Kevin as a very intellectual guy, but um, but Ryan was not slowed down by his emotional responses to things. He would uh, he would react, and um, and that made him you know he that made him rather riveting to watch and i have to you know i have to remember you know okay you know this isn't a comic character this is not comic relief the guy's thinking hmm all right i got to keep this conversation going because if it ends in a way that i don't want it to i might have to kill this person <laughs> and i'm in back in the you know the kitchen of a restaurant what am i going to do with the body once, I, once he's dead you know <laughs> this guy <laughs> figures out who i am i am gonna have to kill somebody and then i got a real mess on my hands you know so He's uh, he's he's very unpredictable, but he's dangerous, and uh, because of that, we we like to watch him. I guess mm-hmm. I had forgotten what that was like, <laughs> and I play a lot of bad guys, but I've never played one quite like Ryan Chamberlain. Well, that like cerebral psycho thing is 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 pretty fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cerebral psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Be and let's not forget, he was a he was he was a pediatrician. <laughs> like like I, I like to say, he was a psycho pediatrician. <laughs> Do you think he crossed his fingers behind his back when he took the Hippocratic oath? No, to him he's not lying. <laughs> Everything he says that comes out of his mouth, he believes it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you shot the reveal, we saw at Ferncliff the two brothers face to face for the first time in twenty eight years. Um, what was that experience like for you? Wow, you're talking about what aired last Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Uh, well, first of all, the director for it was Bill Udell, and Billy directed some of the, a lot of the, uh, the original stuff. Wow, so that's cool. Here was Billy, and I've known Billy for a long time. He's a terrific director. He's very visual, and I thought he handled. The uh, the dual camera, which is never easy to do, you got to lock one off, and then you got to lock off the other, and you got to uh, stitch them together in post. It's, it's a real complicated process, and you really need to know what you're doing. And Bill does, but to see him bouncing around the set like a kid again was so invigorating that you know we all kind of. It was really infectious to all of us. I mean, for me, it's like, okay, great. I get to play these these little difference, differences between, you know, me and my favorite scene partner, me. And, <laughs> and uh, um, but there's Bill, who's who's suddenly feeling like a filmmaker again. And, you know, you know there's, there's no... There's, it's no secret that every show has been challenged by budgets and time and, and all of that. So it, it, it impinges on the kind of creative visuals you get to throw into a show. But, you know, Frank has thrown down an edict where he's challenging the directors to get in there with more interesting camera angles, mix it up, try to make the show more interesting to look at, not just follow what the characters are saying. And frankly, I like the way it looks. Um, but to see a director like Bill Ludell, who 
you think, oh, he's run out of a bag of tricks. Somebody on the outside might think of that, but somebody who knows him knows a guy like him will always be turned on by the challenge of creativity. And it's infectious. And when we ended that day, and a lot of the crew are the same crew that had been around back then, everybody felt so great about it because I think it was a, not a throwback, but a, it was a reminder of when when we used to do the very best, some of the best of what TV had to offer, and we might be able to do it again. That's kind of what it kind of felt like to me. That must have been a great feeling. Like this is suddenly this is about this is a this is all about possibility again. We can really run with this, and it's been exciting. You know, other people are coming up to me in the halls going. I hope I get a scene with this guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So, I mean, that's, again, I'm kind of long-winded about it, but it's not a simple answer. You know, it's a very layered and nuanced set of memories I have around playing that character and playing twins and, and the likes that I've lived since then and coming back to this, um, in ways very familiar, but also in ways very, very foreign and very exciting uh, situation is uh, is really thrilling. Have you gone back and watched any of the old scenes? Well, in a way, I can't help it because so many people are posting them now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you find yourself down you, a YouTube you rabbit hole? <laughs> Exactly. You know, you, you you go to check, you know, how your la- latest Instagram post has done. And, um, Next thing you know, you you're in the Hall of Mirrors. All these, yeah, exactly. There's all these links, you know, going, oh, I remember this and this and this and this. And this. And I'm like, wow, I don't. <laughs> but those have been fun, too. I mean, I got to say, it was really well done. It was so well written. It was so well shot and directed and cut and you know, it was just—it was just a really, really inspiring time to be doing what we were doing then. So, how does your tape day differ when you're playing one character versus two? You know, um, it used to be I would come in and do one side in the morning, and then I'd do the other character in the afternoon, so I'd get a little break. Remember what I said about challenges of time <laughs> and money? <laughs> we don't do that now. <laughs> it's, it's shoot one. And then right away you shoot the other. You know, you go change clothes, and then you got to run right back to the set. And um, but you know, and that's okay. But that's how it differs. It's it's just faster. You know, and you know the scenes are shorter, but they seem to be a little bit fuller anyway. So it's okay. So then, how would you describe the experience of essentially acting opposite yourself? We yeah, we've heard good things about that John Lindstrom guy. Well, yeah, well, like I say, he is my favorite scene partner. Um, <laughs> when when he was alive, um, Stanley Kubrick was my favorite director, and I took several of my favorite twin scenes from the old days and stitched them all together and converted it to the PAL format, which was what you would watch in England on those VHS tapes, and I sent it directly to Stanley Kubrick hoping to get a job on one of his movies. He never replied. But, I, but I he never missed a day of I GH always, after that. 
I'm sure he did. And um, that's probably why it took so long between movies. <laughs> Sorry, i got to finish this story arc with Anna. And, um, <laughs> um, you know, it's a, it, it's, a, it's a very self-indulgent way to make a living sometimes, <laughs> being an actor anyway. And... Uh, um, but you have to you have to remember that you know you're not ultimately you're not doing it for you. I mean, you feel wonderful going through these emotional feelings and arcs and and uh, kind of tides and waves of emotion that you get to get to experience that you normally don't get to express in life. So it's a wonderful release, and then you can say, "Wow, well, hey, I get to double that." But the fact is, you you're trying to give your best performances so that people will believe it and they'll get lost in it. Um, I, the, you know, probably the, the biggest advantage for me is that I can calibrate it. You know, I kind of know what the differences are going to be. And at the same time, um, I, you know, at the same time, I don't have the, the real spontaneity that I would get off of working off a, a class act like Jeannie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because Jeannie's so strong and so good. Um, you know, I never know what's going to come from her from day to day. And that's what makes it exciting to work with her. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. It's like, okay, I'm a great control freak, so I can control everything. And that's wonderful. (laughs) On the other hand, on the other hand, you have to ask myself, gee, do I lose that sense, that electric spark of spontaneity, um, by working this way? And that's something that, you you know, I want to strive to try and reach so that, so that people will feel some some sort of spark going on, even though it's just me talking to myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, at this point, we, we've just seen the two brothers together. We don't know yet how Ryan is alive. Uh, we don't even really know if Ryan's the guy in Ferncliff or if Ryan's walking around in Kevin's clothes. We just don't know yet. Um, but do you know some of this stuff that beyond even what you've read, do you have a sense of the arc or is that the kind of thing that you feel like you need to know to play the scenes properly? Or are you like a, I'll find out when I read it kind of guy. You know, I, you know, it is spilling out to me. Um, it's like dripping out to me, um, <laughs> you know, every week that I go in because I think they're, you know, that's kind of how they're writing it. And, uh, and which is fun because it's fluid that way. You know, if you have to make a hard left, you can. Um, in this case, yeah, yeah, I think I think we would need to know. I would need to know where Ryan is headed. You know, why does you know what what's he going to do besides just get out mm-hmm. if he gets out? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he's going to get out, then you know what would he what would he be planning? He's just going to go straight to Canada. You know, is you know, and, and try to become you know disappear like Hannibal Lecter, or is he going to you know? It's, would he have an agenda? You know, feel like he's been cheated on his uh, his original plans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's important for me to know what's going on. Um, now you mentioned Jeannie, so Jeannie Francis is heading back to Port Charles, which fans are very excited about. Um, are you excited? Is she? Gosh, I haven't heard anything <laughs> about that. <I'm... laughs> Too busy checking on my likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now Jeannie's coming back. I'm very happy about it. Um, so they, you know, they had just gotten married when she left. Was was that jarring for you, like to have your, you know, your your bride go to Europe? 
After 40 years in show business, <laughs> nothing is jarring to me. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I think that, um, you know, would I, would I have preferred to play out a storyline that uh, they had already planned? Yeah, sure. You know, but on the other hand, you know, I had this, I had the opportunity to develop these new kind of on-screen relationships with Roger, with uh, Nancy Gron, with, you know, and play out these other storylines and scenes that, that in the end, I, I really had a great time doing. And I, you know, I heard that the audience really, really enjoyed it. In fact, I know they did because uh, the fan convention a couple of weeks ago, they all told me they did. So, you know, listen, if somebody has to leave under whatever circumstances, me personally, having done this so long, first and foremost, I just want people to get what they really want. Um, Because I think we all need to wake up in the morning feeling good about ourselves and our situation when our feet hit the floor. And the other side of it is, okay, if, if somebody has to leave, I just hope the rest of us can feel the same way and, um, and make the best of, of what we have going on already. So, and I think we've been able to do that. And now Jeannie's on her way back. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you mentioned the fans. Were you surprised by how much this Kevin-Laura pairing really sparked with them and how into it they were? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, say, you know, gee, I never would have thought 25 years ago I would ever be reprising a character like, you know, Ryan Chamberlain and doing Twins again. I never would have, I never would have pictured Kevin and, and Laura together. Um, it never would have occurred to me. Of course, I don't write the show. But, <laughs> you know, maybe that was something they were thinking about for some time. I don't know. But, um, but I was, uh, I guess on the one hand, I wasn't that surprised. I mean, I've always liked Jeannie. Jeannie and I get along very well. Um, uh, her husband and I are good friends. You know, we. I, I think that translated well on camera. I'm glad that we could work together well. Um, you know, I think we paired, you know, our energies coupled very well on screen. Um, so in that regard, no, it didn't surprise me because we enjoyed working together. If you enjoy what you're doing, usually that translates to people enjoying what watching you do what you do. So, no, I wasn't that surprised, but I sure was appreciative. I remember Jeannie, when we did the joint interview with uh, you and Jeannie, John, that Jeannie revealed that she had been a huge Ryan Chamberlain fan. She used to watch you on the monitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can hear you blushing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you know, it was, you know, what was so surprising about that story, what I really liked about Kevin and, and Laura coming together, Kev Laura um, coming together, was, uh, you know, two mature people playing a love story and having people respond so positively to it. I think they were ready for that. Um, you know, to have it played out in a series of real honest beats and seeing two grown people talking to each other without all that drama around. <laughs> oh my god I can't sleep tonight I feel, you know I said no this makes me feel really good I like this let's do this some more yeah let's do that great you know? so I was surprised to see uh, such a positive response and reception to uh, to a love story that didn't seem to be based in all this you know outside anxiety going on 
you know, they always seem to come together and be able to be able to handle it. Now, your real life co-star is also very beloved by soap fans. You are married to Katie McLean. Um, how's she doing? And what can you tell us about what she's up to? Is that her name? That's her name. <laughs> yeah, it's her name. Yeah. My my beautiful, beloved Katie is doing very, very well. Um, she's just finishing off the very last touches of her documentary, Seeing Believe Women Direct, preparing that for distribution. We're narrowing down our distribution options right now. I shouldn't say we, because she's really the one having to have all those conversations. Um, we just, last night, actually, went to the Holly Shorts Film Festival here in Hollywood and screened her beautiful short film, Butterflies, and had, which had a terrific response from the audience. And, uh, you know, I mean, I would love to see her start acting again, but I don't know if she wants to. She's a, she's a truly, in my view, a truly gifted director, and she may only do that from now on. Yeah, she's definitely so, so talented behind the camera, but... Uh... Oh, do, God, yeah. You know, we, we miss her in front of it, too. We do. She blames me for it. She says I pushed her into it. <laughs> I just say I I gave her gentle encouragement. But, uh, uh, like it's a good really husband. Been, like a good husband should, yeah. should believe in your spouse. And uh, I don't know. It's just been so great to watch her blossom in something that she's always wanted to do. You know, and I get that. You know, I direct. I'd like to make films too. Um, and uh, but to see somebody kind of tackle that from the first step and then make these incredible creative leaps into uh, into becoming a real, you know, honest to god visual storyteller, it's really it's really wonderful. That's it's inspiring. That's awesome. John, you mentioned the great response that you got uh, from the fans at the fan club weekend to your story with Roger and so on and so forth, but. I want to say I was there during those introductions, and you got one of the loudest rounds of applause from the fans that I heard all day long. Yeah. I'm so deaf now, I really <laughs> didn't notice. <laughs> Too many years of rock and roll, I guess. Um, that's so but funny. That's, that's really heartening. You know, it's just, man, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, I guess it comes with age, <laughs> maturity and all that, but... Um, Gratitude, feeling blessed for the appreciation that people show you is uh, is uh, is one of the great feelings in the world. And you know, I kind of had to come full circle to feel that um, this year, for some reason, more than others I've been to, and I always feel uh, welcomed by the fans. But this year, for some reason in particular, there was a there was a real outpouring of thanks for doing your best. That's awesome. It, it really felt great. Yeah, it really felt great. So obviously, we're just at the very, very tip-top start of what looks like it's poised to be a huge story for the show. Like, what does it mean to you? Well, it means my pension plan to look better than it did six months ago. <laughs> um, I, You know, it, uh, it, what it means is, uh, um, I don't know, it means I'm not dead. <laughs> I, uh, Again, it, it's, a, it's another... Uh, welcome twist in a in a story that I just never I just never saw it coming. Never saw this coming. I never saw myself back on General Hospital again. You know, when Katie and I came back from New York, and the phone rang, and Mark Tessner said, "Would you be interested in coming in once in a while?" I'm, 
I don't even think I had an agent at the time. I was, <laughs> I was, wow. you know, not at loose ends, but I wasn't really thinking about, uh, you know, chasing down any acting work at the, at the time. And, uh, you know, and so here we are just a few short years later and Kevin is married to one of the icons of daytime television and, and we're reprising one of the, apparently one of the most uh one of the most terrifying but beloved characters in, <laughs> in daytime history um it's it's a it's a it's a great place to be at this stage of my life it's great well john thank you so much for joining us we love talking to you today thank you very much all right this was awesome thank you so much i'm so glad you were available thank you guys take it easy Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to John Lindstrom for being our guest. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.